No one ever knew the struggles he had to go through A hero without a cape, yeah she's gonna still be great Cause she's a fighter, a true survivor Yeah she's a fighter, she's gonna still be great My survivor voice my survivor voice. Hey y'all, thanks for joining me for another episode of My Survivor Voice, the podcast where voice stands for voices of independence, closure, and empowerment. I'm Danny, the founder and president of Arpey Memorial Foundation Incorporated, which is also the nonprofit organization that sponsors this podcast. Our survivor guest today is Tajinia, AKA Miss Pretty Curves. Tajinia is the CEO of Pretty Curves Boutique, an author and a social media brand ambassador for plus size fashion. And of course I'm here for that. And I recently found out on Instagram that she dabbles in art too. So like she's a jack of all trades. Despite having to fight against the trauma of her childhood, Tajinia has managed to find strength and resilience and keep going against all odds. During our first chat, she shared with me that she's on a journey to inspire and encourage other women to continue to pursue their dreams, regardless of having to live through hardship. And I can't wait for y'all to get a little piece of her greatness. So let's jump right in. Virginia, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us to share your story. Thank you so much for being here. So let's just start by you sharing who you are, what you do, and kind of segue into your story for us. Well, I am a plus size brand ambassador. Um, I'm from a small country town in the state of Arkansas, born and raised. It was there majority of my life. I pretty much had humble beginnings, um, a bit of a rough childhood, I would say. Um, I kind of experienced a lot of child abuse and um, sexual abuse. I was adopted. Um, I had two families. I had my biological family and my adopted family. Um, but, you know, that's just a brief introduction of kind of where I come from. But Fast forward to current, I am a businesswoman. I am a journalist. I've written for several magazines. I've written books. I am a poet. I also do a little music and I do art. And I also suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, which is um, pretty much, you know, I can have good days and then some days I have bad days. So I never know how I'm going to feel each day each day is different so struggling with uh depression flashbacks from trauma um and sometimes it can send you into a very deep dark place and you know sometimes it's hard to get up and get out of bed just to do daily activities so I am pretty much I like to keep myself busy but for the most part it's a struggle every day just to live so you know, I learned how to cope with it by keeping myself busy and um, just talking about it. <laughs> awesome. And busy, you definitely are. I missed out. I knew you did poetry, but I didn't know you did music, too. So that's new for me <laughs> as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Um, I know you mentioned that you were a, um, you survived child abuse, basically. 
um, prior to, was that, and that was prior to you being adopted or after being adopted? Um, it sort of kind of happened prior to my being adopted. I don't remember exactly what age it started, but the earliest age I remember is at the age of six. And I was, you know, spending time with my biological mom and um, she had a husband at the time. And I would spend the weekends with my biological mom sometimes and her husband was touching me. And it started as early as the age of six and it did not end until I was like nine years old. And I finally told her what was going on. Um, it, the reason why I was adopted, cause I ha I'm skipping all over the place cause it's so much that happened. But okay. my mom had me at a very- You wanna share your story. <laughs> okay, your well story. I wanted to share. Well, the thing is my mom had me at a very early age. She had me at the age of 13. Um, and she basically, it was statutory rape. And, and so I was conceived and, um, a friend of the family who was very close to my family, she took me on as her daughter. So I kind of had two moms like Keisha Cole. I had an adopted mom and a biological mom. So I knew who both my moms were and my birth mom and my adopted mom have been in my life ever since I was born. My adopted mom is the one who named me because at the time that my mother was pregnant, my adopted mom, they had already agreed that she was going to take me. So literally she's the one who drove my biological mom to the hospital the day of labor and my head was coming out and, and everything. So she barely got to the hospital bed because I was ready to come. <laughs> So, wow wow so that's amazing. It's, it's a lot people don't get that experience so that's huge like that's beautiful yeah it's a lot of um things that happened prior before I was born because my mom has a story to tell too <laughs> as a matter of fact she has a story just as much as I do but for the most part after I was born my adopted mom took me on as her child but I was not legally adopted until I was about 11. So for 11 years of my life, my adopted mom raised me as her own child and I live in a separate household from my biological mom, but she would allow me to go visit on the weekends and my biological mom had other children. So I had siblings as well. And um, I am the oldest of six kids. So I had a pretty big family, but I lived in a separate home from my siblings because of the situation and how I was born. So that's pretty much that background. But on the weekends, when I would visit my biological mom, she had no idea that her husband was touching me. And I had no idea that it was wrong until I went to school one day, they showed us a video. I think I was like in the first or second grade they showed us a video and it said, if an adult touches you this way, you should tell someone. So that's when I knew, I was like, well, wait a minute, this has been happening to me. So I went and you know, told my mom about it, my biological mom, and she cried her eyes out. She was very hurt when I told her. Yeah, I can imagine um, as a mom, and you know, you're a mom too, as a mom, we our babies are everything and we want to protect them. So when something happens and we don't know that it happened one and then two, it was out of our control. That's got to be just as devastating, you know, for mom as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um she ended up breaking up with him. He had to move out the house. And this around the time that I told her, this was around the time I was sort of living with her on a full-time basis. But she decided to go ahead and allow me to go back to my grandmother's house. So she I came home one day from school my clothes and stuff was packed and she was like we just made the decision that you should go and live with your grandmother so I went to live with my grandmother and then less than a week later he was back in the house with my mom so she removed me out of the house just so she could get back with her husband she wasn't ready to divorce him because I guess she didn't work he was like her full income I guess it was like codependency she didn't know how to really live on her own and it sort of hurt me at the time as a child because I didn't understand why are you choosing his side why are you with him why you won't leave him I hate him but it's like now as an adult I sort of understand why she did it at least she did remove me out the house but it still felt like betrayal because it's like she just wanted to be with him and only him Right. And I know that had to take a lot as a kid that young to even try to learn how to navigate that process. And what that look, what did that look like for you? Like learning to be okay or not even be okay, but learning to get through that. At the time, um, it, I just had those emotions, but I didn't know how to process them. I pretty much suppressed it. And I did not deal with it at that time. It wasn't until later in life that I had to deal with it. So as a child, I had feelings that I just ignored. And I just kept going on with my life as a kid because who has time to deal with feelings when you're a child? <laughs> you're right. still a kid. So you don't even know how to what, what negative emotions are. You just feel like this is normal because this is no one told me that this was not normal. So I'm a kid, so I'm thinking, okay, this is a part of life. But as you grow up, it starts to haunt you mentally. And that's where the post-traumatic stress comes in. From the years of suppressing emotions that I didn't deal with as a kid, when I became an adult, boy, did those emotions come back. And I had to deal with that. Right. And as an adult, of course, we see the, the good stuff now. We see the social media brand that is pretty curves and we see all the joy and all the happiness that you share with us. But as an adult, what do you what do you attribute to getting to where you are now as far as healing from that? Or I know healing is lifelong, so but <laughs> coming through that and getting to where you are now what do you feel like was like that turning point like I'm not gonna let this post PTSD I'm not gonna let this childhood trauma this past sexual abuse I'm not gonna let any of that dictate who I'm gonna be as an adult well I became a mom at the age of 20 and it was in that moment when I realized I was a mom that I had to live for my son and it, it didn't really register until in my late 20s that, you know, I realized I need to heal from this. And it was a daily struggle. I went to therapy 
I was even on antidepressants for a while because I would cry for hours and hours. I would be in such a gloomy place for weeks at a time. People would not even see me. They're they like, where you been? I've been at home with my windows shut, just dealing with things, thinking about things. It makes you feel crazy because you're like, why do I feel this way? It's been so long. That was so many years ago. Why do, does it still hurt? Why am I still hurt from this? Why, why won't I heal from this? And I learned how to write poetry. I actually started writing poetry at a very young age. I was like 12 years old when I started writing poetry, but I never, you know, took the time to write all the time. I would just write every now and then, but it's like that gift, it never left. So I started writing my emotions into poetry. And that's how I started releasing a lot of pain that I had built inside of me because people on the exterior, they're like, man, that was 15, 20 years ago. Why are you still mad? That's crazy. You should just get over there because people love to call you crazy. They will say you're crazy in a heartbeat. Like she, she talking about something that happened way back in 1994 or 1995. It doesn't matter. It's still something that that's hurting me. And I never got healing and I never got the love and affection that I needed as a child. So when you're going to the people and you're asking questions, nobody has an answer because it was so long ago. Right. I'm so glad that you mentioned um, the fact that people are quick to call you crazy. And it's so easy. um, Teaching moment, everybody. (laughs) It's so (laughs) easy for people who have never been through what another person has been through to put their expectations of how you should heal how long is it should take for you to be over it? And, you know, it, to me, it's the same thing with grieving. When a per- you can't tell a person how long to grieve somebody because I've had people, like I lost my dad when I was um, 21. I was 21. And, you know, for years, like I fell into a very bad depression behind that. A whole nother story. But for years, I, you know, I struggled with it. I'm, I'm okay now. Like I can celebrate birthdays and everything now, but it took me my own length of grieving to get there. But for years I had people would be like, your daddy been gone seven years. You like, listen, well, I lost my daddy and he, okay, that's your daddy. Your daddy wasn't my daddy. Your daddy wasn't. Mm -hmm. So like your story is not my story and you can't tell me what it takes for me to heal and get through it. I might need that closure. You know, a lot of times we tell people, girl, don't worry about getting no closure for them. Closure not for you, it's for them. Mm -mm. I might need that for myself. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's a teachable moment for everybody that when you, when somebody finally finds the place to be able to open up and share their truth with you just be that listening ear that's all you got to do you don't have to put your expectations on them you don't have to share what might would have happened if it was you because it wasn't you so let's not even go there <laughs> so yeah I'm glad you said a lot that. Of people, it's it's difficult to talk about it with people who don't understand um and I have to be honest a lot of my family they still don't understand post-traumatic stress disorder They literally, when I'm having a bad day and I don't want to be bothered, my phone is on silent mode. I'm not picking up my phone. So if you don't hear from me for two or three days, it's nothing against you. I'm just going through something and I just need some time to myself. But it seems like people demand 
my presence. They demand to, you know, like, why are you not answering the phone? You acting funny. No, I'm not acting funny. I just need a break because mentally I'm going through something that you will never understand. And if I was to sit and talk to you about it, you're going to judge me. Most people judge you. They're like, you hung up on something. You just need to let it go. They just love to say, let it go, let it go. I'm not living in the past, but the past definitely haunts me. And I don't want to stay there. I want to be in the present and I want to live for the future. So the past is something that I never could understand because like I said, I didn't get answers. I didn't get reasons. There was so much more that happened besides the sexual abuse. Um, my adopted mom, she was a bit on the harsh side when it comes to raising kids. Like she was old school. She believed in whooping kids and, you know, and she would just whoop me all the time for, you know, not mopping the kitchen floor or, you know, just minor little things that I feel that were not that strenuous enough to whoop on a child. But that was her method of parenting. But it was actually damaging for me emotionally. And if I wanted to talk to her about how she made me feel, she'll just disregard and be like, well, get over it, you know. You're a child, I'm a grown-up, stay in a child's place. You know, now you're talking back because we grew up in an era where if you express yourself, it's looked at as talking back or disrespectful. So there was no freedom of expression in the household that I grew up in. It was like, do what I say or you're going to get the taste slapped out of your mouth. <laughs> like that's that's how I pretty much grew up. So, you know, and I, I feel like I was a sensitive child so it didn't take for you to slap me for me to understand what you were trying to say. You didn't have to slap me. You didn't have to whip me. You didn't have to, you know, curse me out, verbal abuse. You know, that stuff messes with the person's self-esteem. I had low self-esteem as a child because I was told that I'm a sorry SOB. You know, I was, you know, cursed at and yelled at in front of company, humiliated in front of people. So it was like embarrassing to grow up that way. So I always felt timid whenever I was around people. I always felt like I was out of place when I was, whenever I was around people. So it kind of affected me with my social skills. I was a bit shy as a, as a child and as a kid. Um, so I never really hung out with a lot of cliques so do you think you were shy because out like out of fear do you think it was like fear of oh they're gonna talk to me the same way these people at home talk to me or they're gonna treat me the same way these people at home treat me so I'm just gonna keep to myself and avoid them because I this is my only free space where I don't get that so well I would say that I felt like I was different from the other kids I felt like I wasn't okay. as good as they were I oh, mean, wow. my, because your self-esteem so, had been draw, drawn yeah. down so bad. Oh, wow. Okay. That I felt like I could not talk to other kids because they were better than me. So I better stay over here and just be quiet. That's pretty much how I used to think. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. And when it comes... I know you mentioned, you know, the past um, and, you know, the whoopings and the slaps and the um, verbal abuse. And I hate to say it, but when it comes to households of people who look like you and I, that's common. Mm -hmm. 
um, not necessarily like the extreme of slapping, but you know, the physical corporal punishment, the, and even the talking crazy, a lot of households do not want to admit that, but it's 100% true and accurate. A lot of our households, we talk crazy. It's so funny because my sisters and I, we, we have a dark sense of humor because of how we were raised and we laugh about stuff all the time. And then we'll look at each other like that should not be funny to us. But it's funny to us because it's kind of like a laugh at our pain type deal. Like, ha, 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 you know. But um, I have been doing like a lot of digging and soul searching and researching over the last couple of years. And there was something, an article I read that um, mentioned that households or people of color who were raised in corporal punishment households, um, usually it's a trickle down effect from prior generations. And if you go back far enough, it started with our our how we got here. Mm-hmm. We got here through slavery. Our, you know, most of us, most of us, I won't say all people of color, all black people, because some of us got here through the Indies or whatever. But a lot of us came here through, you know, slavery. And that's how they controlled us. That's how they got black people to do what they wanted to. That's how they got the slaves to do what they wanted them to do. They beat them. They talked crazy to them. They threatened them. And mm-hmm. so when we got out on our own, we did what we knew we did yep. to control people we beat them and that's the crazy thing about abuse like any type of abuse whether it's um sexual physical um domestic abuse child abuse elder abuse is all boils down to control the abuser wants to control something or someone and that's how they get that control mm-hmm. um and I'm so glad that like our generation is now learning to that. Okay, wait, this ain't okay. <laughs> this is not <laughs> normal. This ain't how we should be living. And so I, I love that we're learning that and we are shifting that narrative for our kids. Um, do I think some of us have gone to an extreme of being so, so against corporal punishment that um we're soup too lenient yeah I think that could be said for some of the kids now but for the most part I I do love that we have learned to shy away from corporal punishment for the most part and learn other ways to discipline our children to show them that it doesn't always take physical violence to get the outcome that you want so yeah I did want to make that point I heard you talking about it and that article just started replaying in my head yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, um, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to say this, it's absolutely nothing wrong. I feel like with whipping your child, because sometimes that's necessary. Let's just I keep agree. it. But there is an extreme. You don't have to, like the way I was whipped at times, 2 a.m. in the morning, you waking me up with the yeah. belt that came off of a car. Like she beat me with a belt that came off of a car. It was thick rubber it was like this thick like it was huge and it was like leaving bruises on me that's extreme you're waking me up I have to go to school the next day you're breaking me out of my sleep just because I forgot to mop the floor and I was you know I don't know what was going on with her at the time I feel like she was going through something and taking it out on me because I really took a lot of unnecessary um ignorance from her let's just keep it real parents are not perfect and at all 
kids are not perfect. We all make mistakes. I, I'm not going to say I was 100% just a, a great, perfect kid because I'm sure there were times where I maybe maybe talked back or did something because what kid doesn't? Right. But I just think that it's, if I could remember things this vividly 20 years later, it was something to it. It should not have, it shouldn't be on my mind this fresh for me to remember how I felt in that moment. And the fact that I could never talk to her about it because she'll start, well, wait a minute, da 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 da. Like she gonna cut me off and start telling her side. And I don't get to tell my side. So I had to basically carry all of the, the pain and memories. I had to carry that with me for years. I had to be on the quiet side because it's like, what's the point in speaking about it and you're not gonna be heard? All it's gonna do is start an argument. So communication that's out of there you got to just deal with how you feel and and be quiet because you don't have a right to speak how you feel because the moment you speak on it there's an argument so wow absolutely so you took your you took all of that pain and you started writing about it that helped you heal some are there any other things that you can remember when you started your healing journey that stood out like oh my god that was so therapeutic for me prayer I was always a, a kid even as a child I had to believe in God and I kept myself around people who believed in God and I, I I studied my Bible I was a young girl reading my Bible at the age of 12 13 um I always felt like there was a higher power and then he would hear me and I remember those prayers at night when I would cry myself to sleep and I would just pray to him and ask him to please help me get through this, help me to, you know, overcome this because I was severely depressed and I wasn't allowed to be depressed because black people don't believe in depression. Well, in our household, I'm not going to say black people. Let me take that back. In, in a lot of black households, I'm going to say it. <laughs> in a lot of black like households. They like, what? <laughs> they like, girl, if you don't just get up and go out and get some fresh air, and take a walk like it was so looked down upon they're like depression what's that yeah. nobody understood that these disorders are real and right. I was dealing with stuff that happened from the age of six and I'm 12 and 13 and I never got healing from that because like I told you my mom pretty much was like hey I'm gonna stay with my husband and I had to deal with that and I had to deal with my adopted mom you know being harsh and her raising me and then also my biological mom as well during that time as a teenager she was jealous of me when I started to become a woman and my body started changing my physical appearance started changing my biological mom envied me because I was pretty and I looked just like her I we we have the same face literally and wow. you know I didn't even understand that she was jealous of me until years later because the way she was treating me, she was doing stuff. She was stealing money out of my account. She was lying on me. She kept kicking me out the house for no reason. It was just hard. I was living with people I didn't know. I mean, sleeping on people's couches. I felt out of place everywhere I went. I, I just didn't understand what, what, why were you treating me like this? But it took me until I became an adult to realize she envied me. So she did everything she could do to block me from being better than her. Wow. 
So from going in that space, like you said, in and out of your biological mom's house, staying with people you didn't know, um, healing from trauma, going from there to Miss Pretty Curves, the, the woman we know and love now, um, what did that journey look like? I decided one day that I was just going to live happy. I was just going to be happy. Instead of living for other people, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay lit. I'm going to stay happy. I'm going to have fun. Because I noticed whenever I turn on music, it was soothing for me. Now, that's part of the therapy that you and were asking me about earlier. Is the truth. I'm, yeah. I'm a believer. <laughs> of, of, I subscribe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So music has always been something that I had a love for ever since I can remember. I would turn on music. And it will help me to get over whatever I'm angry about. And I was always a person that used to love to dance. I used to watch back in our day when there was music videos, I would watch the videos and learn the steps. So it helped me to, you know, overcome whatever I'm dealing with. So I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write my feelings in a song. And I actually recorded like four or five songs about things that I was dealing with and it helped me to feel better. It's nothing better than to express your emotions on top of a song or a beat. And it seems like whenever I write poetry or some type of song lyrics, it's gone. I don't feel it anymore. The pain is out of there. So that's how I learned how to express myself because I come from a household that does not allow you to talk about it it's uncomfortable it's awkward so when I put it in poetry the person that is directed to they know that I'm talking to them and they heard me loud and clear because you can't argue with the poet you can't argue with the poem so that's how I learned how to communicate my emotions because like I told you earlier whenever I used to try to talk about it. It's the argument. So when I'm writing it out in poetry flow, how can you argue? Right. You're going <laughs> to go back and forth between stanzas. What you going to do? It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it helped me to be more comfortable with expressing myself. And honestly, my mom, I don't know how she's watching me because she's not on my friends list, but she's watching me and she's like, girl, I heard your poem and I heard this and, and it's like she's a fan so, love it. so like, I love it you talk about pain <laughs> to purpose look at that I love yes, it. it me and her we are in a much better place today we have a great relationship today and I, I learned mm -hmm. that my mom was just a young woman herself we grew up together we're only 13 years apart in age it helps me to understand her a lot better so it's like how can you stay mad at someone who was still dealing with their own trauma because she has her own story. Like I said, my mom has her own story to tell. And um, that's why I have a soft spot for her. So I can't stay mad at her for the fact that she was just young and just was lost. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that she did have her own trauma and that she had not healed from clearly she, she couldn't have possibly known how to help you heal from yours if she couldn't heal from her own. So I totally mm -hmm. understand that. And that's beautiful that you recognize that now and acknowledge it and are able to, you know, accept it basically. Well, yeah, I mean, and then also around the year 1998, she and her husband split and they have been, they were split for like 12 to 14 years before they finally got a divorce. 
but he put her through so much like he harassed her when she left him he you know he he mentally abused her he had a baby on her he cheated on her with one of her co-workers and she didn't even know that the co-worker was pregnant by her husband it was like out of nowhere they were sitting outside on a smoke break he pulled up to pick up the co-worker and my mom was sitting outside and she was like that's my husband so her and my coworker were talking about this guy that my coworker is dating and the whole time it was my mom's husband. <laughs> so wow. So like wow. he, he just recently told me this and I'm like why are you just now telling me this now? But I guess as a kid she kept a lot of stuff from us. So he that man really did some things to her and changed her whole life and he was abusive towards her. He used to beat on her and I watched him beat on my mom to the point where me and my sister would go and get a baseball bat and threaten to to beat on him if he touched her again like we felt like we had to protect our mother so I grew up in a very chaotic way I seen a lot of things that I wish I had not seen and I experienced a lot of things that I wish I had not experienced but one thing I can say about me and my mom is that we both are goofy we love to laugh we have a sense of humor and she likes to have fun too. So we learned how to just enjoy each other's company and become good friends. And once we built a friendship, we were able to get past all of that old stuff from back in the day. We just left it there. That is beautiful. I love that. And I like when you're talking about your mom, your face is lighting up. So <laughs> I know you're in a much better space now. That's beautiful. Um, so let's talk about, well, it's a couple things I want to talk about as far as stuff that you're doing now. But the first thing I want to talk about, because I've been eyeing a couple pieces, is Pretty Cars Boutique. Let's talk mm -hmm. about Pretty Cars Boutique. Tell us where that came from. Like, I, of course, it, you love fashion. So, of course, it came from there. But the name and all of that, tell us about that. Well, Pretty Curves Boutique, uh, it, it was named after my social media name, Pretty Curves. I started out as a model around the year 2018. I started modeling professionally and I, you know, I was really deep on the photo shoots and working with different brands. And, and it was like my social media following started to grow. And I noticed that, you know, a lot of boutiques we're not carrying a lot of cute clothes. You know, a lot of these places you, that we At go to all. have old lady clothes. No, it's like no. I was like, I don't want no more flowers. I don't want yeah. no more flowers. <laughs> Floral print and all this old lady stuff. And I'm like, I want to look good. So I was like, you know what? I, I should just start my own business. And so I played with the name for a while. And I was like, how can, what can I name it? And I was like, oh, Pretty Curse Boutique. So I came up with Pretty Curse Boutique. And it was in my mind for a few years before I finally decided to launch. And I was taking a chance at launching because I had to research and learn everything on my own. Um, but I finally found some vendors. I got my registration and everything through the state of Georgia. And I decided to go ahead and start. And I felt great when I started my boutique. And it's still running to this day. And I'm going to be adding some more pieces very soon. But I'm just a little small business right now. But I will hope to grow into an empire and have a whole, you know, corporate six-figure income from this. So, okay. you know, this is brand new Manifest for me. So. <laughs> yes, I love it. 
Kelly, I mean, I see a lot of boutiques doing very well. And I'm like, you know what? There is a market for plus sizes. And and I want it to be a fun, uh, yeah. jazzy. Yeah, I want it to be fun and jazzy. And not, I won't say club wear, but just, you know, urban. Right. You, know, you want to be cute urban. when you go out. Like you said, like, I mm-hmm. listen. So there, I've always been, I tell everybody this, like, from a kid, I've always been chunky. I've been chunky before being thick was a thing I was thick before it was cute to be thick (laughs) you know (laughs) so so it's so funny now like it's crazy because I see people like that I went to high school with and this is I know I got some of my classmates who listen to the pod so this is not a shot at anybody PSA this is not (laughs) a shot at anybody but I see some of my classmates now who were, you know, fine, quote unquote, back in school because they were very thin and, you know, might have had some boobs, not a big butt because big butts weren't in back then. But they are now my sides are bigger. And it's like, they're like, oh, my God, I got to get this weight off of me. And they, they barely moving. They sluggish. I'm like, see, I've been carrying this weight all my life and I don't get tired when I move up steps because mm-hmm. I know how to carry it. <laughs> You know, (laughs) but going back to the clothes, yeah, um, you know, like, uh, what's the store that I was going to Maurice's like, so Maurice's is plus size. And when they first came out, like, I love their jeans. I would buy their jeans, but now I go in Maurice's and I'm like, I don't want nothing (laughs) in this Mm -hmm. store. Everything is floral. Everything is mom jeans and not the cute mom jeans with the rips. I'm talking about like the mom jeans that mama used to wear that came up up under her boobs <laughs> with the belt on. Like, they not yeah. cute. Um, and even, let me tell you another one. Um, I can't even think of the name of it, but they're plus size as well. And I used to live for like their boots, but lately all of their stuff has been horrible. So we do, there is definitely a market because the people who used to be small ain't small no more. Mm-hmm. They need the plus size clothes too and they want to still be cute. And yeah. that's the thing, like, people don't understand, like, even though you're plus size, you can still put things on that are very jazzy, very cute, mm-hmm. still sexy, and look good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's what I love about, I know you, t- and the other thing I love about your boutique is you take your own pictures, you model your own wear to show us this ain't, you know, some girl who went to the <laughs> islands and got her tummy done and pulled in and nip tuck like no this is a real plus size body who got these clothes on and look good doing it I love that about pretty thank you I do do. um and then something else you said earlier the music I didn't know that so tell me about the music well I used to do music I, I used to win talent shows as a child and it was always in my spirit I played with music a little bit, you know, a few years ago. I recorded a few songs, but I never released them because I was using tracks and things that were like instrumentals to big songs. And, you know, copyright reasons, I just never released it. But now I am ready to record my own music on my own track with my own producers. And um, so that's another thing that I'm looking into it's not that I don't want to be famous or anything it's just for me it's a hobby and I'm not looking to become like 
Megan Thee Stallion or anybody like that. <laughs> because I got you. I, I understand I see myself as, you know, I was like, okay, I'm older. I'm not, I'm not a younger girl, but I have a lot to say. And I feel like it's not being said. And I'm representing for the single moms that, you know, where the baby daddy at? Like, where the baby daddy music? We don't have, like, I'm not trying to be. Fantasia and then she got married and forgot about it. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, talk down on dads. But, I mean, can y'all step up a little bit? Like, we need help out here. You know, it's like, where's the voice for that? Where's the voice for the woman who's sick and tired of being sick and tired? where's the voice of the woman who's like get your stuff it's on the side of the road you know you didn't pay your half of the rent this month like I don't hear no lyrics talking about real life real woman issues and I have a lot to talk about so I definitely just want to do music for my listeners the people who are following me because I I have a pretty big following like my one of my most recent videos is almost at like 135,000 and I just posted it like three days ago so I figured if I just start you know putting production into my music and actually do music videos it literally could lead me to something so you know I'm not gonna sleep on myself anymore because I kind of put my music skills to rest for a while I was like well I'm not gonna pursue music I'm just gonna do fashion but it's like an itch inside of me that's like if you don't get back in the studio and record some more songs and start pouring your heart and soul and and your thoughts and feelings into your songs you better get your butt in there so it's like (laughs) I'm ready to do it it's it's like a time and a place for everything you know and sometimes it doesn't happen when you think it should but who's to say that I can't have a hit a hit like I could be an independent artist with a hit listen and and (laughs) honestly nowadays like independent artists are doing it like my husband I'm always I like I told you music is my therapy as well so I totally understood when you said that I love music um but like my son would be like mama you ain't heard nope ain't heard that like the mainstream stuff but then I'll be playing a song and my husband was like oh that sound good who was that I was like oh just some artists I found on on Spotify independent artists that just put their music out there and I'm like oh my god this dope this is nice this is Mm-hmm. This is what's up. So yeah, there are people, tons of people out there like me who like, I enjoy independent music. I'm going to be honest, a whole lot more than a lot of the mainstream stuff nowadays. Like, me of course, you know, Cardi will come out with a banger, Meg will drop something hot, um, you know, a couple of the, the big names, but the other stuff that goes mainstream, I honestly don't hear it until my son plays it because it's not even in my, my what do you call it my musical cue when mm-hmm. I'm listening to my music so it's all like if you went down my list you'd be like who are these people I'd be like I don't know I just like the music mm-hmm. yeah I know I'm very pretty much into independence as well so um I think that a lot of the best art is underground you absolutely know, sometimes the commercial stuff is like too repetitive for me I need versatility and watered down and overdone and yes absolutely Mm -hmm. I agree yes so yeah that's pretty much my next venture is I'm going to you know kind of start the music thing and then I'm going to keep the boutique going because a lot of my fashions that will be in my music videos will be from my boutique so I will be adding new things on my lineup 
as far as um, my inventory on my boutique. So I have a lot, I have a lot of, of plans <laughs> that I, I'm planning to put into action. So yeah, so that's the next adventure Good. for me. Good. Okay. And then you're off. Look, I'm just putting everything about you out there. Um, so you're also an author. Yes. Tell me about that. And do you have any new works coming out or anything like that? So I wrote a book um, back in 2014 and it was published. It was called Betraying Ayana, which was like my biological what, biography. <laughs> it was my biography in a fiction format. So I kind of changed the story around. I changed the characters, um, but I ended up pulling it off the market because the publisher that I was with, I was not getting my royalties. So it was like, you know, they were pretty much taking all my money um, and I still own the copyrights. And my goal is to put it, yeah, it's to put it back. I want to put it back on the market and maybe do some changes to it and updated and I'm also writing another book at the, at the moment um because I kind of want to tell my mom's story because like I said she has a story within itself she got pregnant at 12 and had me at 13 so can you imagine you know giving birth to a baby that young and being condemned this is in the 80s being condemned from your school because they think that you're you know and the whole time it was statutory rape you know what I mean it was somebody older than you um it's like she needs to tell her story too so I was thinking of you know kind of allowing her to be able to tell her story and I tell my story and this is two separate books <laughs> so it's like she was like she's willing to do it I feel like she and I should go out as a duo and start telling our story because there's so many moms and daughters who has friction and bitterness in their relationship. And if we can overcome our stuff, anybody can overcome their issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. I've also, you know, I've, I was a co-author on a few projects as well. Um, and it's like writing, I've kind of put on the back burner, but it's time to bring it back into the, you know, rotation. So yeah. I, when I tell you, I have a lot going on. I was about to I say, you got lot. to be busy, busy, booked and busy, busy and booked. <laughs> yes, I'm always busy. So, you know, that helps me mentally as well, because if I'm not busy, I have too much time to think. The busier I am, I don't have time to think because I'm always on the go. I'm always doing something, but there will be times where it's just me and my thoughts. And that's when I have to have a moment with God. That's that's when the time for me and him is in play. So yeah, it's all about balance. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, your social media handles, what to look out for next. Well, we know writing and music and some new drops but tell them about the boutique drop all your your information so we'll know where to find you and keep up with you okay well my main pages um as far as me as a brand is pretty curves and it's spelled p-r-e-t-t-y-k-u-r-b-z and it's on instagram tiktok and facebook and you can also follow my business page pretty curves boutique 
Um, and they are also on Instagram and Facebook. And there's a website, www.prettycurseboutique.net. If you are interested in purchasing any of my fashion, um, and as far as my books, um, I will be in touch with that. Like I, I have to get back in, in action with the Amazon situation. But as far as everything else, I'm all over the internet. You can just she Google me. Yeah, you can literally Google me and I'll come up. So just for real, y'all, she is not joking. I actually started following uh, seeing Terginia like be years before we met. Like I started seeing her pictures. I'm like, she is killing it. Who is this lady? With Like, oh my gosh, she is killing it because she dressed so jazzy and she has all the confidence in the world and she does not mind, you know, showing you how to put some clothes together and still look great while doing it so <laughs> I love that yeah so that I saw her so and so when we she reached out to be on the pod I was like oh my god that's her that's who that's the lady so I was super I was kind of like fangirling a little bit about meeting her so well girl yes and you and I we have great chemistry so this is going to be very much a good business relationship saying we can po definitely do some things together and you from mississippi and that's right in my neck of the woods <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am <laughs> yes, yes. ma <laughs> so yeah we definitely have to get together on some more things but again i want to say thank you so much for doing this i so appreciate you um your transparency is unparalleled being able to share that much of your story um is is amazing to me so I appreciate that so much and I look forward to so much more between the two of you yes thank you so much thank you for having me <laughs> absolutely my pleasure Child abuse is defined as doing something or failing to do something that results in harm to a child or puts a child at risk of harm. It can be physical, sexual, or emotional. Neglect is also a form of child abuse. In the United States, more than four children die from child abuse and neglect daily, and over 2.9 million cases of child abuse are reported every year. If you are aware of or suspect an incident of child abuse, please call the National Child Abuse Hotline at 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That's 1-800-422-4453. As always, y'all, I want to thank y'all for listening to this month's Survivor Story. And a very, very special thank you to Miss Pretty Curves for fulfilling my fangirl dreams and coming on to share her journey with us today. As always, I really do hope something said today has inspired you to keep on surviving. I mean, that's the purpose of this platform, right? And if you've got a survivor story that you want to share with us, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at my survivor voice and click the link in the bio. To keep up with me and my shenanigans, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at trulydanny underscore L. That's T-R-U-L-Y-D-A-N-I underscore E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. And until next time, remember, you can't heal what you won't reveal. So speak up. Let them hear your survivor voice.